And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch. From growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Matt Watson, and I'm excited to be joined today by Shane Edisted from Home Key Systems. Before we get into that today, I do want to remind everybody um, that this episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. Helping software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Today's episode is part of our series about the top Phoenix startups. Um, in our show notes, there are links to, to learn more about um, what we're doing with the Phoenix startups, and you um, can listen to all the different episodes and the uh, overview episode about all of them. Shane, congratulations on being one of those top startups, and welcome to the show, man. Great. Thanks for having us, Matt. Uh, we're excited that uh, we're in the top for Arizona and uh, that HomeKey is uh, scaling rapidly outside of Arizona. So super excited to be here well, today. It, it's always fun for us to, you know, shine the spotlight on different cities. You know, um, I'm, I'm here in Kansas City and, you know, nobody thinks of us as uh, having a startup community either. But we, we've got some we've got some little companies here like Cerner, the largest healthcare software and AMC Theaters has a huge, you know, development team here. Like there's a lot of different tech stuff that also goes on here. How's the, uh, how, how is it in Phoenix? What's the tech scene like in Phoenix? Uh, it's, it's growing rapidly, uh, for the past, I would say five years. Uh, I've been in the tech scene in Arizona since the nineties, uh, show my age a little bit. And, um, I can say that, uh, the past five years have just been incredibly exciting. Um, you know, I think I say we're the next up and coming Austin, although um, I don't know if that's uh, widely um, accepted, but uh, I would say that it's moving very, very rapidly. Well, it, it seems like all the major cities along the West Coast outside of California are really growing from everybody trying to get out of California, A, because the cost is too high. I mean, it, it, it costs like 40% more to hire an employee there or something like that, right? Plus of all the taxes and other, you know, bull crap that comes on along with California. So it seems like that whole, you know, Utah and Portland and Seattle, like a whole area over there seems like it's growing rapidly. Yes. Yeah, um, Phoenix, uh, in particular, the metro, uh, I think the second largest migratory path um, right now is from L.A. Basin to Phoenix Metro. Yeah. So uh, we're growing really fast. Um, it's not as cheap to live here as it used to be, unfortunately, because of that. So home prices are skyrocketing among the country's highest, um, which is not super great when we're trying to bring in a lot of talent compared to a few years ago. But it is what it is. That's it's it's part of the growth. Things are hot in Phoenix in more ways than one. <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. <laughs> What's the temperature it, there today? Uh, I think it, we're like at a balmy maybe 103 because we have monsoons. So 
it's, oh, it's uh, cold today. One hundred three, not bad. Yeah, one one hundred three with <laughs> lots of humidity. <laughs> Oof. Well, tell us tell us more about your background and home key. You know how how did how did how did you get here? How did you be become the the startup founder of a fast growing company? Yeah, home key is my uh, fourth tech startup. I uh, had um, a couple of startups in the travel and hospitality industry. Had an exit there as well. Um, and how this came about was um, after, uh, like a lot of entrepreneurs that move through an exit, sometimes your assets like expand a little bit, right? So I did that with my home. Uh, we did a major, major improvement, remodel, uh, pretty sizable home on a piece of land. And over time, your life continues to evolve, right? So we moved to a different season where it was like, hmm, maybe we don't need all this and let's contract a little bit, right? But what we did get to see is the choices made for that home, which some of them were, can, could be considered extravagant. Um, what we dealt with then was the maintenance and all the upkeep of that home and how costly that became as we had to be really cognizant of our dollars, right? And in that process was not only how do I convey everything that was done to this home to a potential buyer, but... Um, how do I convey the actual data? So the first kind of embryonic seedling that everybody can associate with would be like paint, right? I opened a cabinet in my garage and it had 12 different paint cans and more stains and they were faded. And it was like, how do I, how do I give all of this to the next owner? And then you move, start moving through that process of selling the home and realizing how much time it takes to think, fill out the legal documentation about disclosures and, how long this warranty is good for and who took care of that and those types of things. We moved through that sale and we bought a more typical production home. And even though it was only a few years old, the minute, day that we move in, builders are scuffing up the outside door surround, paint's getting nicked up, walls are getting nicked up. And we know absolutely nothing about our home. That's only a few years old that we had just bought, right? Which is ridiculous, absurd in this world that your cars can tell you what they need or, you know, more complex systems like that's called jet avionics can predict things right for happening. But yet there's nothing for what in most people's lives is their largest investment. And that's what really made me um, say, there's got to, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a simpler way to um, save homeowners as well as everybody who touches the home time to deal with that home right so you so you started this as you know trying to solve your own problem right exactly. which is usually some of the some of the best you know startups are you know founders have you know experience in an industry or they have a you know a problem that they can relate to or understand and they're crazy and wild enough to try and solve it that's me <laughs> i like taking really complex um issues, problems, and trying to create really, really simplified user experiences to solve those, right? So we're not fully there though. What we have today along with a lot of startups is your um, early app, right? And we have visions of adding voice so that you can simply ask Alexa to do things like that will easily get done either to order a part or maybe contact a favorite home pro, those types of things. But yeah, creating yeah. a very, very simple way 
to manage your home and track the maintenance over time so that when you do go to sell that home, now I have my home key report, right? Much so like I'm looking Carfax. at I'm looking at your website and it's really nice, by the way. And um, looking at the how it works page and, and kind of all the, the features and, and functionality of, of what HomeKey does. And I'm, I'm excited to hear more about those. But my first question for you is, is what it does today the same vision of what you had when you started this? Like the problem you originally thought you were trying to solve? How, how did that evolve? Yeah, it definitely has evolved. Um, number one, um, our first in our first phase uh, we are only available through new home builders, certain new home builders in select communities. Um, so we will get to the point where it's available to any homeowner. We're not there yet, right? Um, and there's reasons for that. But um, home builders have a lot of pain points, more so than we than we originally imagined, right? So it does have a lot of uh, benefits for the builder itself. And we view the home as an entity. This hasn't changed from the vision. So the data comes with that home, right? The homeowner literally does nothing to input anything and the builder doesn't do a lot. Um, but the experiences, if you bought the new ho a home from one of our builders, you activate that home by scanning what we call our unique ID or the key code, and you instantly have access to everything in that home. So that is part of the vision. There is much, much more beyond that. Uh, some of but it are available today. But it sounds like, so your current go-to-market strategy is based off working with home builders. That's correct. And so is that, is that how you originally thought the go-to-market strategy would be, or that that's how you evolved to figure out how to get traction? That, um, so we are, uh, yes and no. <laughs> that was part of our original go-to-market uh, we also envisioned with what we term as existing homes, and we mm -hmm. are we do have a very small beta with existing homes that will expand next year. But um, so I guess to answer your question, the go to market really included a couple different things: new home builders, existing homes, and also if you think about the commercial aspects, not necessarily huge thousands of apartment type communities, but in Phoenix anyway. Um, they have what these they call these bungalow communities, or there's a lot of build-to-rent communities, which probably are in your area, right? Where builders are actually building communities you can't buy, they're only renting them. Or the bungalow definition is, hey, we don't really want to live in an apartment, but we don't want to go up to a large home and have to sure. deal with the lawn and all of those things, right? So they, yep. they take a basically the same amount of acreage is you would typically see a really large apartment community and they'll build generally one story, what I call tiny homes, but they literally are full-blown detached, mostly homes. Uh, some of them are duplexes, but most of them are detached with a real small backyard. They call that a bungalow community. And we have an immense amount of interest from that sector. And we really wanted to move into that. Okay. But, um, as you can imagine, it also would require a lot of different types of interfaces, right? Our interface right now, we have a mobile app for the homeowner. We do have an interface for home builders, but we don't really have a large commercial interface where a management company or a large maintenance team can manage hundreds or thousands of units. And then also um, 
a more utilitarian app. Our app is very consumer oriented right. to target the homeowner, right? So yeah, that's why we pulled pulled back from that and really, really are far, focusing uh, 99% on new home builders. Very cool. So what what is, I'm, cu- I'm curious to know, like, what is the, the revenue model for something like this? Is it a a monthly recurring type thing to the to the homeowner or the builder pays a flat fee for every house or like how, how did you figure out the great question model? so uh the builder does uh pay for each home uh we are a standard in their home so that's um an interesting piece as well right we become a, a base standard in every home no matter the brand uh, of builder so um they pay a one-time fee as well as um, some ongoing annual fees, uh, depending on what they opt for in the future, right? We have some marketing tool sets for them and um, other tools for their customer service teams. Um, currently and always, what is in the app today, meaning accessing all of the home's information, adding to that information, and then our current to-dos, our basic to-dos that we have today, is free to homeowners and always will be free. So we encourage use. The goal is that we want people to keep their homes updated, maintained, and keep that ongoing record and have that be of use to them. We will next year have premium features that there'll be a homeowner SaaS fee for, simple $5 a month. And that might be for heightened features such as um, we have some premium features that will come out for to-dos, uh, managing your home pros, those types of things will necessitate the $5 fee, but we'll always have the free version because we want to encourage use and keeping that up to date, right? We can't uh, become the Carfax for your home unless we have use across the board, right? So you're not going to be able to go to Zillow someday and say, oh, this key, this home has been well-maintained and it has a report available, right? If we don't have usage, so well, and I, and I so I see a lot of a lot of value out of out of what you're doing. I mean, I, I have a, a fairly large home, and you know, trying to keep track of all the different HVAC systems we have and how old they are, and when you need to do maintenance on them, and you know, all this kind of stuff like that is nobody knows, right? And if and if you don't have some kind of re- recording of of any of it, you, you really have no idea. And I mean, I could see a lot of value out of that. And and my, I love, I love your comment earlier about talking about the paint, right? Like I've got all sorts of buckets of paint in my basement and I don't probably need any of them. And hell yeah, everything's probably faded and doesn't match anymore anyways, but I still right. got a whole bunch of buckets of paint, but it would yeah. be really nice to know like what the colors of everything are and all that. Luckily I found a little device uh, not too long ago called a color muse that you could use and like hold up to something and it would tell you the color. That was like the most enlightening thing I ever found. And, uh, but it would, it would be nice if I could do that and then like go into the app and like record like, okay, this is, you know, kill them beige and this is alabaster white or whatever. Right. Right. And like somebody would actually freaking know it'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Those tools are really cool. Um, we're actually in the process right now of of doing an evaluation on three or four of them because as you probably saw, there are different price points for them. Mm -hmm. So we want to understand, um, even though we know the pink colors our homeowners know the paint colors in their homes and by the way that's inside and out the difference between a trim and your wall right um but those paint um meters can be used if you think about it like hey i have this 
this fabric on, I don't know, my window coverings, yeah. right? And I want an accent wall that matches that. Right. So for new homeowners, that's still very, very useful, but we're, we are looking towards the future and they're great for a homeowner that says, Hey, I want, I got to match this somehow. Right. But, um, yeah, we can, you can, homeowners can update anything in their home. Uh, generally they're updating home systems like, Hey, we're adding soft, soft water systems, or I'm adding this smart feature, but paint is our number one. And the cool thing about paint is when they do update a home, we've had homeowners immediately repaint the entire interior of a home all the way to an accent wall. So when you go to an ad paint in the app, you'd basically say it's in this room or these number of rooms. And then it'll actually ask you, is that an accent or are you repainting the whole room? Mm -hmm. So if it's an accent, it adds it to that room or multiple rooms. Um, versus replacing it, right? Very cool. Um, I do want to take a moment to remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by FullScale. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably. Use the FullScale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. You know, I'm curious, what is it like hiring software developers in Phoenix? They're hard to find like everywhere else? Well, I think things are shifting a little bit right now with the economy. And, and um, I think things have shifted since COVID, to be quite frank. Um, mm-hmm. Some ways uh, for the better, you know, locale is not quite um, as much of a... A lot of your team remote? Major- Actually, it's not. Most of our team is local. Um, We're not opposed to remote. We prefer local, mainly just because of the stage that we're still in, right? We want to iterate and move as quickly as possible. I know that as we grow the company, it's definitely going to become more disparate and we're going to have to have uh, people on the ground in other regions anyway. Uh, That's upcoming very soon. So um, we're we're definitely not opposed to it. Um, Hiring developers... Um, yeah, like home prices, they've gone up in Phoenix because of that exact, exact (laughs) thing, right? So home prices go up, salaries have to go up. Um, and, or, you know, even if they are remote, um, that's the beauty is, uh, they, if they have the talent, they have the talent. So, um, but I would say today versus a year ago, I think things are maybe a little better for being able to hire talent than it was say a year ago. Well, what's interesting is the economy cooling off a little bit now. It's probably making it a little easier. Seems like, uh, man, it seems like most software developers were making one hundred fifty to two hundred thousand dollars a year, like senior developers all over the place. It was crazy. The market got, got super crazy, and the war in Ukraine uh, had a dramatic effect to that. Most people don't think about that, but there was like hundreds of thousands, millions of software developers in Belarus, Ukraine, and Russia yeah. that either are busy fighting right now or due to sanctions, you can't pay them. Like, how do I pay my developers that were in, that I had that in Russia, you know, like they were good guys and, you know, whatever, but how do I pay them? Like, I can't submit their bank account anymore, right? Like, yeah. so yeah. it dramatically had an impact on um, software engineering. Most people don't really think yeah. about. But. Yeah, that's a great point. We didn't have, um, we did uh, leverage some nearshore uh, developers in our first probably two years. Um, but, a lot of great talent in Eastern Europe. And yeah. um, I can see that having a huge, huge impact. Um, yeah. I think 
I don't know, even though I would say it's better from an employer standpoint to find good developers right now, I don't know if necessarily the sat that means that the salaries have gone down. Right? So <laughs> the range that you gave probably is still very, very true, um, regardless of the economy. Um, yeah. And, ha- and again, for us, if they are local, housing prices having rose, you know, 30 plus percent, literally wow. at 12 to 18 months, um, they can demand it. So wow, um, it's not like, you know, a decade, a decade ago, I said, um, hey, let's have, you know, an office here and an office in Silicon Valley and we'll have the, they can choose where they want to live. Right. They can live in Silicon Valley and live in a closet and rent something very, very small or they can move to Phoenix and have like a mansion for the same yeah. amount of money. Right. That's not the case anymore, unfortunately. And well, now they can come so, to Kansas. But or Kansas, yeah, <laughs> they come to I, Kansas. I, know, I, I think it's gotten to the point where a lot of people are looking at like Georgia and Alabama and uh, <laughs> South, South Carolina, you know. So yeah, um, yeah, it's growing yeah. everywhere, man. Well, so you know, going back to your guys' product, I mean, I mean, do you see see a day where you have partnerships with like? big realtor groups or like every time they sell a house, it's one of the things they do is like, Hey, we take pictures of the house, but we also, you know, we spend a couple hours and we go through and document everything about the house and we put it in home key. And it's one of the values we provide, you know, when you sell the house, like everything's documented. So the new homeowner has all of this. Like I could see that as being like a really nice benefit. Yeah, absolutely. We are, we do have interest from not only real estate brands, but, uh, title, you know, title companies, those types of uh, entities involved in the closing. Um, I do um, see a future where we'll leverage strategic partnerships, um, not only from like the typically um, thought ones, but we are under under NDA with some of the largest home insurance companies. And that's- uh, I could see them needing to know like what's in the house. Yeah, so I think that we'll expand our beta with a couple strategic partners next year. Um, that'll be interesting for them. We want to learn more. We want to know, like, we have a pretty good variety of homes on the small beta now, but we want to expand that. So let's understand, like, the differences of a home that might be 50 or 60 years old versus 15 years old, right? What are those differences? We, we you know, we always say we see a future of, like, on our new homes, 18 years from now, being able to notify our homeowners, like, hey, start socking some money away because very typically about year 20, you have to replace the undersheathing of your, of your roof. At least in Phoenix, we have the clay roofs, right? And you have the undersheathing. It's very expensive to replace that um, at year 20. So again, trying to look forward and, and, and let homeowners know like what's upcoming in the home. But um, uh, I forgot where I missed my, missed my, uh, well, so I could see like uh, one of the big benefits of your product um, and how you guys could generate, you know, revenue is from lead generation for like home services, right? Like you need to fix your HVAC system or you need to buy fil- air filters or whatever it is. I and mean, I could see you guys being a big lead generator for, you know, different partnered companies, you know, lo- you know, in different geographs of. Yeah, lead absolutely. So the current product um we don't really talk about how it works, but so the homeowner has access on a typical production home to about 280 to 300 things in their home, right? 
And even if the homeowner doesn't necessarily want to dive into all that or care about all that, our platform leverages all that data to then build a home's annual care plan that's unique to that home. So a new home that has luxury vinyl tile is going to have very different care for their floor than someone that has like hand scraped real wood floors, right? Yep. So the system accounts for all of that. Um, and then also, you, know, you mentioned, um, you know, products, parts, things like that. We actually are including those today. We're embedded with Amazon. So you, you don't have to research it. You don't have to understand if this part's going to fit. You don't have to understand if the cleaner has the right pH balance for your floor. That's all in the app. They can tap and purchase it. Doesn't transact, transact in our app. It actually goes out to the Amazon app. You have what you need within a few days, right? It, um, it, next year, we will add in the management of uh, home pros. We'll start immediately with homeowners being allowed to enter their own home pros that they might currently use. You mentioned you have a big house. I'm sure you have, I don't know, are you a guy that gets out and mows the lawn every week still because nope. you like it? But nope. if you have a landscaper, if you have a Phoenix, there's a lot of pool pool guys, yeah. right? Knowing their information. Um, who 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 is uh, my preferred vendor? Yeah. So not only like knowing that and keeping track of that, but man, kind of managing that. Think about like saying, hey, requesting, hey, I need an appointment or, hey, make sure that you add um, your invoice into the app, That those types of things, right? So we'll allow those and then we'll likely partner with, we um, already talking to a few strategic partnerships about a home pro network, right? And it that's- seems like somebody some- like uh, Lowe's or Home Depot just needs to buy you guys and it becomes like my to-do list every Saturday morning is like- <laughs> <laughs> Say okay, it's time to seal the marble today, and then uh, next weekend it's some other bullshit I got to do every Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, we we I will say that we've had a few introductory meetings with some major home store brands. I'll just say that. Yeah, um, we're certainly not looking for acquisition at this point. We have a long ways to go to fulfill the vision. I'm really passionate about doing yeah. that. That's why we started this. Is hey, let's see this through and through. Um, so that we can see the full, um, you know, ecosystem come into play with this. It does get very large, but, um, well, I think it's interesting if you can track all the different forms of maintenance and, and to do's that you're at least supposed to do in a house that most of us probably neglect a lot of it, or we, we just can't keep track of it. Right. Yeah. Um, things like resealing your marble countertops every year or, Replacing air filters oh, yeah. or turning on the humidifier or turning off the humidifier, like all these different things. I don't keep tra- I can't keep track of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. You you know that you mentioned resealing the uh granite countertops, right? That's that was one of many that I experienced like, hey, I didn't know when I put in these porous stone floors that yeah. I had to not only clean them but reseal them. What? Yeah. How much is that gonna cost? Like, um, so yes, all of that, um, we will, we're, um, we're coming out with an all new to-do system later this year so that we're going to break up, um, let's just call it kind of the cleaning type maintenance and separate it from like the general maintenance of like, hey, replace your HVAC filter or your refrigerator water filter, right? And then we're also going to pull out major maintenance. So if you're talking about an annual HVAC inspection, right? Yeah. Those are things that we really, really want to alert the homeowners of and say, hey, not only do you need to handle this, but if you have a home pro do this, make sure that you 
you know, add that receipt. Those are the types of things we'll get to the point where we can, where we're verifying that. Yeah. And um, uh, very possibly um, not to use like, you know, key terms here, but our, our view is on major maintenance or additions to homes where you have to pull permits, those types of things, those events get added to the blockchain. Sure. So that when a home is, um, you know, 15, 20, 30 years old, you have that irrefutable record of what's happened in the home. So you guys are using the blockchain for part of this? Not yet. Not yet? Yeah, part of the goal? I, I think it makes a lot of sense for key milestones, right? And major maintenance. It's too slow and becomes very costly if we spread it out across like an immense amount of data. If you, have, if you think about um, when I say 280 things on average per home, that's not even all the metadata, right? Those are just items. And then you have all the metadata that goes along with that. So um, we, we track an immense amount of data and to put all of that in the blockchain just, just doesn't make sense. But for key things that, you know, think about, again, going back to your car of like, yep, they did the major maintenance at the 40,000 mile mark, right? Or the 60,000 mile mark, like, those types of major milestones we absolutely want to capture and make sure that they're never changed. Like if you're buying a used home that has home key in it, shouldn't say used, but a previously owned home sure. that has home key in it, wouldn't it be great to know that you can say, Oh, like for sure, these things were done in this house and um, that's not been like fabricated or anything. Right. Yeah. There's so many things to keep track of. I mean, I'm actually in the middle of a major remodel myself, remodeling my, my kitchen and, and some other things. And yeah, just even now it's like, I, you know, how to keep track for the refrigerators and dishwashers and microwave and all these things. Like I have no idea, like trying to keep track of all that stuff and then what kind of maintenance is required and you know, in the future, if I needed parts for it or whatever, right? it would be great to have yeah. something like this that I can record it in now. Like I'm doing the remodeling. I know exactly what I have now put it in right. there, but yeah, no, later on I'll need it and I will have forgotten. That is a, uh, we do see that as a, as a perfect time to onboard existing homes as well. Um, the, the more major of a, of a remodel, the better, but um, I have experience in that. So you're right. You're already making all these choices. You have all the data and you're probably going to do what most people do. You're going to take all those user guides. You're going to throw them in a drawer in the garage or in a closet, in a bin, and you'll never look at them again, right? So I'm just going to throw them away, um, or that too. And you, Google, I will just Google right? it if I need it. <laughs> if you have Home Key, you don't have to worry about any of that, right? There we go. Gives you the warranty, gives you the user guide, when you installed it, all that good stuff. All I'm ready. Let's go. How do I get started? <laughs> I'll put you on the beta list for Let's next go. year when we expand it. Ah. <laughs> Well, so what do you what do you see as the, as the future, you know, for for HomeKey? Where where are you going with this? I mean, besides trying to get it in every single home in the country, I mean, what what other goals do you have? Yeah, I think as we go to market, like I said, we'll expand the beta next year. I think we'll leverage a partnership with um, likely one of the large larger i buyers. Makes a lot of sense if you think about their buying homes in the thousands and they're doing some level of refresh to a home and then they turn around and sell it again. That's a really great point to, um, to expand with. And then we go out, you know, from there, I think we'll leverage maybe some other key strategic partnerships and 
till we get to the point where you can see this on a shelf um, at a major home store, right? Um, Do you see yourself expanding to, you know, apartments or even commercial buildings or, or other things? I would imagine commercial buildings have the same problem, right? Like they have no idea what all the crap is. Like they're even in the building. Like the person that owns the building is never even in the building, but they still you know, need stuff done to the building, you know? That's right. We do get asked that a lot. Commercial, we've been asked by universities to, you know, restaurants, how many are those are on campus these days or labs, right? And all the different um, uh, devices in a lab, those types of things. But I have to say that um, even in the commercial space I spoke about with the apartments, right? Mm -hmm. There are more startups that are moving into that space. Um, as well as the commercial space um, yep. that are kind of play this role. If you think about it from a, um, a concept standpoint, it's exactly the same. And your first thing is like, oh, why can't I put this in my warehouse, right? But if you think about it from a data set standpoint, you know, we're, we're amassing a very, very large uh, database on types of everything that you put in a home. We don't have that for commercial buildings. HVAC systems are completely different for commercial yeah. buildings compared to homes, right? Yep. So um, the relations, I guess, and the concept are the same, but as far as the data itself, and again, the interfaces, if you think about somebody that owns a business and they have a, a maintenance person that is handling the that, it's a very different type of, of application. We have We have actually said... Maybe we could license a portion of the platform or the system to somebody that really wanted to expand it and yeah. run into the commercial. But I think we have our hands full trying to get to the 132 million existing well, homes that's, in addition to new ones. <laughs> well, and this is the problem with building software, right? Is figuring out what is your niche and, and staying in your niche and, and not like trying to chase all these different things, right? It's, it's very difficult because you know, you get a different phone call every week from somebody who that wants, you know, it's like, oh, maybe you could help us do this thing. And you could chase all of them, but they ended up not being successful for any of them. Um, you mentioned other startups, like there's actually a really uh, um, fairly well-known startup in Kansas City called Homebase. And um, their, their whole thing is for apartments. So they yeah. help uh, pro people who own apartments uh, with maintenance and, you know, getting maintenance people access to the apartments with smart locks and integration yeah. with all the, that kind of stuff and, and helping the people that live there pay their bills and stuff like that. But it's a different, whole different kind of niche, right? But related, but different. And there's, there's so many different niches. And that's the hard thing about being a startup and, and building technology is, is trying to figure out what, what, what is our niche and, and trying to stay in that lane without jumping all over the place and getting killed. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you definitely have to be uh, very careful about um, trying to do too much and be everything to yeah. everyone. So you're going to be nobody. Really, really careful. <laughs> There's a huge startup that's further along than we are in the Arizona ecosystem um, called Smart Rent, and they're doing that same thing mm -hmm. uh, in the apartment space, right? And that there was on our radar. We did, like I said, mentioned earlier in the uh, podcast, you know, about going after the bungalow communities and so forth. And um, I had, I, I'm going to actually praise um, several of the VC that I've interacted with and had several early on um, say, Shane, stay focused on the new home builder space. This is a really great entry and don't worry about going after the commercial right now. 
don't worry about the existing, stay focused on solving the new home builder pain points, right? And that's what we've done and it's proven really well. If we had started um, to think about how do we create these other interfaces and make it work for those other kind of niche um, sub-industries, I guess, if you will, um, you know, where would we be at with the product today for home builders and, yeah. and homeowners, right? So yep. um, I, I will we'll stay heavily, heavily focused likely for the rest of this year and all of next year. Um, and like I said, we'll dabble, we'll expand the existing home beta next year. But, um, but yeah. Well, I'm focused. excited to get that VIP invite to join the beta. I'm excited. I'm ready to join. I will get you on the list, Matt. <laughs> well, I think I know a guy. All right, good. Uh, so as we wrap up the episode here today, I do want to remind everybody, um, if you need help finding hiring software developers, testers, or leaders, FullScale can help. We have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts when you visit FullScale.io. All you need to do is answer a few questions and let our platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced, and qualified software developers, testers, and more. At FullScale, we specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit fullskill.io. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the on the show today. Um, love what you're doing, and and I think it would be awesome to um, uh, have this type of product. Um, so we also own a a scheduling um, system called Gigabook, and people use it for any kind of appointment scheduling. And we had a customer; I think it was I can't remember what it was called. But um, they were doing something kind of related to what you're doing where um, I don't know if they were a maintenance company or what they were exactly, but they would go in and like what they referred to as kind of like blueprinting the house of like getting like all the details like th that you're trying to track. And I, and that was the first time I ever heard of this concept. And I don't remember what they, what they were, or what exactly they're doing. But um, it, it was it, it reminds me a lot of, of what you're doing. They weren't doing exactly the same thing. They were doing it in regards to like home repair or something. I don't know what the hell yeah. Is. Yeah. But, um, I, when I heard about it back then, I was like, that's a great idea. Like I wish I had something that would tell me, you know, everything I needed to know about my house. So, I mean, I think, I think it's a really, really valuable thing. And, and, uh, I'm, I can't wait to get that VIP invite. And, uh, I think you're onto something. I like it. I appreciate it. Yeah. There's a lot going on in prop tech. Um, you know, a lot going on with trying to document even the outside of a home or the inside. Maybe it was around like, being able to prep for a remodel or, Hey, I'm interested in doing this, right. I'm seeing that those types of companies creep into the space, especially with the um, augmented reality, which is amazing yeah. as well. I mean, there's startups now you can, you know, have them come in, you can redesign your whole interior home virtually, right. Uh, and purchase it. Like that's crazy. crazy. So it's really cool what technology is doing uh, in the space, but in, in our space in particular, you know, why hasn't this happened today? And um, we're fixing that. That's what we're fixing. This, this making a home intelligent. So it actually tells you what it has and how to care for it. Like that should have been done years ago. And um, that's what we're solving. So. Well, I love it. And con congratulations for being one of the, the top startups um, on our podcast in, in Phoenix. And uh, we love being able to shine the spotlight on, on Phoenix and, and cover all the top startups, be sure to check out the show notes. There's links to learn more about um, all the other episodes about the top startups. And once again, congratulations for being on the list. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate you having me on today. It's been a pleasure and um, 
I'll definitely track all the others uh, on the list as well. And uh, all right, look forward to getting you on our list next time. All right. So, yes. Thank you. All right. All right. Take thank care. you so much. Take care. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.